0: Down to business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk.
1: First up, we'll take a look at the business stories that are making an impact on the front pages and the business pages of today's papers and indeed online. I'm delighted to be joined by Ken Murphy, he's the former DG of the Law Society, and also Valerie Cox, a veteran newspaper reviewer and journalist and author, also joins us. And can I start, if I may, with my newspaper guests, Ken and Valerie? by just going straight into the front page of the Irish Examiner, call to arms to stay safe on the roads, Uh, plea that the bank holiday weekend won't add to 101 lives lost already on the roads this year. So it's it's nasty out there. And I want to say to you at the top of the programme, if you're driving anywhere, take your time, slow down. You'll get there in loads of time. But please, please, please be careful out there. Uh, Ken Murphy, Hundreds built houses and granny flats without planning. Front page of the Irish Independent.
0: What's going on here? This is, I mean, we, we know we're in August. This is the silly season. You know, it's pretty slow for news stories. This is a fresh and original story, it seems to me, that, that the Irish Independent are running with the front page. Amy Malloy, public affairs correspondent, seems to have done the research in relation to it. And it's about, the heading, as you said, is hundreds built houses and granny flats without planning. So it's a planning for mission story. And she says hundreds of uh, hundreds of people have built houses, granny flats, apartments and log cabins without planning permission across Ireland in the last 15 years. Councils have taken enforcement actions against those who breach planning laws and some have been taken to court. But the really interesting aspect of this story is the inconsistency of approach across Ireland on a county by county basis. And she's done the research here. So in some cases, retention permission has been sought Uh, after an unauthorised development has been constructed or granted, uh, allowing people to keep their homes. Over the years, there's been a conflicting approach. Some people have been allowed to stay in their properties, but a handful of others have been ordered to knock down the homes they built or to move out. And she's gone through this county by county. Meath, she says, since 2008... Meath County Council has taken 21 enforcement cases against people. Um, In some cases, these involved um, people who had applied for planning permission beforehand and were refused. So it's pretty audacious to be refused planning permission. And then go and build anyway. Two fingers and say, I'm going to go and build it anyway. Then she goes on loud. (coughs) Excuse me. An adjoining county has been involved in 51 unauthorized development cases. None of these were ordered to be knocked down. Uh, spokesman for the county councils most cases were regularised by retention permission being granted in County Kildare there have been just two cases taken against people who built a house a full house without planning permission uh, they granted four uh, decisions for retention. Then it goes through Dunleary, it rat down, Dublin Dunleary rat down, said it had no, no planning enforcement cases. What's going
1: on in our neck of the woods? Bingless
0: had, it had uh, granted 14 retention permissions. Wexford County Council said its enforcement section had opened 111 files uh, about dwelling offences, including where unauthorised development had taken place in connection with a whole house. Waterford City. Uh, had no, had not prosecuted anyone for building a house without permission in the last fifteen okay. years. Mm-hmm. Valerie, um,
1: we have a planning process that many are critical of, but at the end of the day, you know, you'd have to say people can't be going out there no. and just building unauthorised development no, I mean, it's not fair to the rest of society. They
2: absolutely can't be doing yeah. that. Because, you I mean, can you imagine what the place would look like if we all went out yeah. and built our hen houses, our granny flats or whatever in the back garden? And in fact, this particular family here, they're now awaiting a High Court judgment on whether they've got to knock this house in Meath um, which they've had for 17 years. Now, I don't understand how, why it's gone on for so long. Yeah. Because, you know, really the council in all of these cases needs to move in and say, look, what have you done here? Now, I do know that during the pandemic, a lot of people built home offices, converted sheds, um, little play areas to get rid of the kids out in the garden, that sort of thing. And maybe some of them You know, will get permission to remain but I mean the planning process is so arduous it really is and to think that somebody can flaunt it like that and then turn around and say oh well we did offer to knock down a bit or whatever it's just not good enough Yeah
1: no I accept it completely Mm -hmm. Ken let's talk about the airport Uh, Relief is Dublin Airport soars back uh, to pre-pandemic levels Um, a nice piece by Uh, A well-known travel uh, correspondent, Owen Corey.
0: Yes, he's very much the the sort of chief commentator now in media terms on on travel matters. Uh, This is in the Irish Independent today. Relief, as Dublin Airport, soars back to pre-pandemic levels. But this isn't really largely about the numbers. This is about, and this is a good news story, about the way in which the airport is working. It's working well this year by comparison, particularly with last year. Last Sunday, he says, was Dublin Airport's busiest day ever. Tomorrow's passenger numbers might well be higher as 120,585 passengers made it through the airport without a social media meltdown. And he's comparing the situation with last year. Those arriving in Dublin Airport last year, remember there were taupelins uh, outside Bill for anticipated outdoor queues. Dublin Airport could not uh, recruit enough staff to cope and passengers missed flights as a result. This year, however none of that none of that experience it's all processing through he gives timing uh, but comparing the the average time uh, the government the airports improvements have been to spot security queues have varied between 5 and 20 minutes this summer instead of between 15 and 60 minutes last year yeah. and a lot of the security lanes now and i was going through the airport during the week uh, a lot of the security lanes now don't even require liquids or laptops to be removed which from is bags. really good news because yeah. i think that's a big
1: barrier yeah. uh, valerie um he also does end on a relatively critical note though saying that the taxi service is still erratic and the parking is a problem out there Um, and also pre-booking of taxis is not pro- yeah. possible, which seems strange in this day and It's age. very
2: strange, and it's a ridiculous situation in our main airport. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. The bit I was interested in was, and this is obviously where the bit of success is coming from, they're putting in teams to look after different things. There are 500 toilets in Dublin Airport. I never knew that. Right. <laughs> so they <have> a <laughs> and team they all in. have to be
1: cleaned but and I mean, maintained.
2: Yeah, but the idea of coming out and not being able to have pre-booked your taxi... And the parking. I mean, people are advertising now that you can leave your car in their front garden for two weeks for a certain figure. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. And of course, I don't know what the insurance implications would be. I suspect
0: you might need planning permission
1: for that. (laughs) We won't go into that. (laughs) We've moved up. Valerie, when I have you there, um, DAA, a piece by Cantillon in the Irish Times, DAA should abide by night flight restrictions. It appears that there was a planning condition here and I see Michael O'Leary and Ryan are out in force against this. But effectively, there was a planning restriction when they were granted planning for the new runway that really was seven years ago. And now yeah. um, there seems to be a big hue and cry because uh, the. Fingal County Council enforcing yeah. the condition.
2: I mean, surprise, surprise, they're actually enforcing it. Yeah. You know, it's a ridiculous situation. I mean, the DAA has a lot to answer for here. They've got away with it, obviously. And now, one of the reasons for all the objections is there's been so many new estates and so on in that area and they don't like trying to put kids to bed and, you know, having this going on all night. It's an absolutely crazy situation. It needs to be brought under control. I don't know how you do it. They say, look, um, we can't lower these flight numbers. I mean, Ryanair has been particularly vociferous there. We can't lower the numbers of flights at night because if we do, there's going to be a whole backup situation. Well, why wasn't that thought about before they had a look at the planning permission they were being granted. And again, it, you know, it's exactly the same situation. We don't like the planning permission. It's we do granular. our own thing. It's, it,
0: it, it's a renegotiation after the event. Well, it, it, Which is it's crazy. but we lawyers would like to refer to. It's a, it's a rule of law issue. <laughs> Basically, the law is there. You comply with it. Whether it's planning or law not. or whatever. Or else change the law or go through a process to change it. But if it's the law, you abide by it.
1: That's why we love legal people <laughs> re, uh, reviewing the papers here. Ken, want to have you there. Some interesting comment on the tech sector and its difficulties, or are there? Because Cliff Taylor is giving us a very balanced piece about the tech sector. There are some headwinds, but he feels uh, that, it's, it's, that there are headwinds that can be managed. But in the Irish Independent, Adrian Weckler says, what's all this about? Big, ter- big uh, tech firms struggling, they're rolling in profits. And he cites examples.
0: Well, exactly. I mean, ultimately, it depends on whether you go with Cliff Taylor or Adrian Weckler. The tech sector is actually quite good or a very good. Yeah. One or the other, because it's not um, suffering, even though um, there have been headwinds and there have been uh, slowdowns and possibly as a result, of over-recruiting and over-ambition in terms of what they were... Uh, so there has been shedding of jobs, and your sympathies go to everyone who have lost their uh, roles. In, in in But perspective is needed. There is no signs of a collapse, says Cliff, says Cliff Taylor, in the tech sector. Even if it is working out, it's over-hiring and over-expansion is going to take some time. But Adrian Weckler talks about... And he gives the figures for it. Um, and I know in the business program, you like the figures. Apple financial results showed its profitability rising to 1.4 billion per week this week. Last week, Microsoft did even better Its financial results showing 20% rise to 1.5 billion in net income per week. My God. Um, Google Alphabet is also making almost 1.4 billion per per week in profits, even as they cut jobs and pundits talk about threats to the business. Big tech companies are rolling in it like never before. It seems to be almost impossible, says Adrian Weckler, not to make a fortune if you're a tech giant right now. Um, so it, ultimately, Apple's uh, market value has increased from two trillion to three trillion this year. I can't even imagine. What Trillions, trillion like is. our
1: hundreds of billions. Um, yeah. So ultimately, <laughs> like-
0: ultimately, even though there there is some you know downsizing taking place or or right sizing taking place, the fact is the tech industry, according to these analysis and the figures based uh, evidence, is strong.
1: Um, Cliff Taylor also says, Valerie, does he not, uh, about the deterioration in the office market as a result of working from home uh, with, with some uh, B, 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 BNP Paribas yeah. uh, predicting a 15% vacancy rate yeah, by year end, which is a
2: yeah. that's a big and figure. If you actually look at the property pages in the newspapers at the moment, there are a lot of office blocks offering an accommodation there for rent or whatever. Mm. But what I, the bit I liked in that was um, Adrian Vector's bit where he's having a go and a bit of a snigger, I think, at Mark Zuckerberg's um, comments earlier this year when he said, the world economy changed, comp- whinge, 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 whinge. And Adrian says, ha-ha, nice one, Mark. We all bought it and now you're back in the serious money. Yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Um, cinema uh, has been an interesting uh, barometer uh, of uh, economic spending in the month of July, Ken, um, I, and we will remind our liter- listeners that it's the wettest July and you only have to look out today,
0: even though I know we're in August, but it's the wettest July on record. I don't know whether or not intentionally you use the word barometer there, but the barometer seems to be very close to the, uh, the key word at the moment, with the barometer as low as it is. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's back to it, you know, it, 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 nothing is bad news for everyone. Um so cinema spending surged 136% uh, during Ireland's wettest July on record. Now of course this was this was stimulated by this you know great face off we had between uh, uh the, the uh, Oppenheimer and Barbie. I've seen Oppenheimer would recommend it. I haven't seen Barbie. Um I don't intend to see Barbie. That's my personal choice. But this has been a side effect of the miserable weather is that people are going to the cinema um and uh other, you know, in, well, I, in, I also internal. I
1: they two. I haven't seen either of them yeah. yet, but I'm looking forward to seeing both of them. But by all accounts, they're two good movies.
2: Didn't know you were a Barbie guy. Oh yeah,
0: yeah well, <laughs> no, I'm going to see, I have to look at everything. It's my 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 open perspective on life. Our South Dublin neighbour Killian Murphy may get an Academy Award. Who knows for uh, for the uh, for for the performance in Oppenheimer, uh, which I thought was absolutely outstanding. um But anyway, mm. the headline and the piece in the Irish Daily Mail uh, has a great headline. Barbie versus Oppenheimer, and the winner is... The cinemas. <laughs> yeah.
2: But it's not just the cinemas, Bobby. I mean, there's also, um, Colin Gleason tells us, we're talking about aquariums, arcades, restaurants. And an interesting interview I heard the other day with Nyasa Kissman from Kissman's Horse-Drawn Caravans. And she said the weather's actually been good for them. Because for one thing, a lot of hers are continentals. Mm. You know, Germans coming over who love the soft Irish rain and all that. But the, and she said they'll sit in the caravan at night and they sleep and they listen to the rain on the horse-drawn caravan. But she also said it's been good for business because people have now gone into autumn mode and they've started booking for the pumpkin patch in October.
1: Mad, mad. Can I bring you to America, Valerie, while you're there? Oh yes. Uh, Trump's various trials will dominate the backdrop for the U.S. presidential election, as as per Martin Wall in today's Irish Times. But it really is, and I, I, I. Every time I read about this, I have to read it again almost to actually pinch myself and say, is this really going on?
2: Yeah, there well, is this sense of suspended reality, isn't there? Yeah. And I mean, as Martin Wall says in that, he said, the sight of a former US president being arraigned in court in advance of a criminal trial would have been unthinkable only a few months ago. And it is unthinkable. And somehow we haven't quite got our heads around it yet. I have to say Donald Trump is looking very sad in this photo. He's standing under an umbrella in the pouring rain. It looks like he's in Ireland. Maybe he is. <laughs> Maybe he was over in Dunbeg. I don't know. But, you know, he's going to stand so many trials. He's going to be standing trial on three occasions at least. And we've got those trials. Then we've got all the civil actions as Mm -hmm. well. And it, the money he's spending on it so far he has spent 36.5 million euro I know Ken Murphy police. wanted
1: to talk about that because <laughs> yeah. his eyes lit up there when he saw that the
0: spend the legal spend Very good for the legal uh, teams uh, four, f- 40 million so far Of course some of his lawyers are, are, are likely to be indicted as well as you know <laughs> the people who are, uh, who are it's never never a good never a good move for the lawyer to actually end up being sued or or or, in, or criminally charged but yes but the real question is, I mean, there are two parallel processes. There's legal process, there's political process. Are they going to intersect at some time in the future? And what will be the impact of that collision uh, if and when it occurs? Well, it's
1: so, November 24 is the big election. day.
0: But he's got, he's got trials, at the, you know, uh, coming up, you know, uh, a whole series Georgia, of more already for next yeah. year. But in many ways, it would suit Trump not to have, have the trials until after the election, but uh, see if he can postpone them. But as long as the trials are going on, all the attention, all the political oxygen, all the focus is on Donald J. Trump, just as he likes it. And he's a master manipulator of that kind of attention. So in many ways, it may suit him because also he has managed to convince certainly his own supporters, large numbers of his own supporters, that these, this is... The the criminal charges being brought against him is not a legal process; it's a political process. It yeah. is being brought by his political enemies, by democratic prosecutors, going to democratic judges, and it is it, he is weaponizing the uh, the political uh, the legal system in this way.
1: And would you suggest Ken that the legal strategy here might be to kick the can down the road to try and I, kick them out? I'm not, it, I'm
0: not sure. I mean, I, uh, ultimately, I think that the legal process has to not be influenced by political considerations. Yeah. It should follow it should follow its own course. But where it will end up, who knows? Because in the end, he is he is demeaning the legal process by saying it's a political process and it's all entirely partisan. Uh,
1: Valerie, the state will not pay 10 million for the Connor Pass, says the Taoiseach. Now, this is a wonderful piece of land mm. uh, in a beautiful part of the country. I believe there's 1,400 acres there been put up for sale. Um, and a strong argument being made in the Irish Examiner by Elaine Lachlan that whatever we pay for it it's good value
2: yeah well i mean that's a load of rubbish um there is no way we should be paying 10 million for this site absolutely not and the t-shock is perfectly right he said he would like to have it and yes he will negotiate and a number of farmers locally have said that they'd like to divide the cost up between them but the owner who is american and just wants to make off with this 10 million says no he'd rather have just one buyer and of course all the other complaints are coming in now People are giving out about the sheep on the Conner Pass at this stage, and um, saying, you know, there's nothing growing there, which is totally untrue. I mean, I've been to the Conner Pass lots of times. Due to intensive sheep grazing, harming biodiversity in the area where plants and animals cannot thrive. Well, the sheep are doing all right. Yeah, and
1: would you be of the view that it would be a good asset? For It'd be a state great have, asset. Yeah, but at, at a fair price.
2: At a, at a fair price. So do you I think mean, that
1: this is kind of public negotiation going on here? Yeah, I to think talk
2: somebody. Do you know, I think you're right. Yeah. And I think the more people get annoyed about it, they should stand back a bit. And remember, yeah. this American guy has had the ownership of that land for so many years. He can wait a while longer until he calms down and the price cools. <laughs>
0: First price quoted is never the final price. <laughs> I wouldn't like to be
1: negotiating against Valerie Cox, mm. a formidable negotiator, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, can UPS uh, the strike shows our potential strike i believe it's been averted but it does show again the fragility of supply chains as pointed out by cannellan uh, in the irish times today
0: yes um the, the ups uh, worker united parcel service in the us represented by the international brotherhood of teamsters has, are now voting on the terms of a deal yeah, uh, it's assumed that this will be passed, but it hasn't actually been uh, averted yet. Yeah, uh, averted. It it, if ratified, it would avert industrial action that could impact about a quarter of the world's largest economies' parcel deliveries—a so whopping five or six percent of U.S. Uh, GDP uh, by some estimates. So, it's important, obviously, from a disruption point of view, that this um, this is resolved.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Valerie, we saw, you know, what COVID did uh, to the supply chain. We also saw the cost of containers going yeah. from 3,000 up to 30,000 and the, the the runaway inflation that that actually caused. So, you know, I, I think it's interesting to see, you know, that the, when you've got a company this big, moving so much freight, yeah. that any chink in the armour can have massive global
2: repercussions. Well, you put your finger on it there, really, because even a very short-term chink in the armour has an amazing effect globally because it changes everything. And the other thing is the options. You know, what are the alternative options if they can't come to a deal on this? It makes it very, very difficult for businesses. As you said, it puts up costs on everything, And, you know, people are in a very difficult position because these freight routes are set up and deliveries and so on are set up for such a long time. And how are they going to find an alternative? Do they even want to switch? There's so many questions there that we just don't know what to be, to be well, doing. Well, hopefully
1: it's resolved. Absolutely. Uh, OK, and I've been waiting for this story all morning <laughs> because it's, hey, big fender, don't fret, it's no strings
0: attached. Now, I we have, have to, 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 say, to talk. This Dan Murphy. is a brilliant one. And I speak... Tell our listeners if you will. This is about... The Air Guitar World Championships <laughs> taking place in Oulu, Northern Finland from August 23rd, 25th this year. I'm so glad you brought this to my appointment because I am a bit of an officiator of the air guitar myself. Uh, I don't want to boast or like this, but I have years of practice and experience of recognised expert in air guitar. Just in case, it says here, just in case you're wondering what an air guitarist actually does, the answer is nothing. <laughs> nothing, that is, except Pose and mime to a piece of music. Many of the t- today's top air guitarists have graduated from tennis rackets. And today, <coughs> there are even whole air bands. The air guitarists being joined by air drummers and air bassists. Um, so air guitars, however, there are certain rules. Naturally, there are rules. And the rules are air guitarist guitars must be invisible, i.e. not made of anything else but air. Air electric or air acoustic guitars are both acceptable. It's really interesting because I play both. Um, and a guitarist <laughs> can either help or both, can either one or both during the plectrums um, can be used as props. Air guitarist performances must be solo, duets or backing bands, personal air guitar roadies are allowed <laughs> and are permitted to help with tuning or if an air string breaks. Last word to you, Valerie Cox. <laughs> well, uh, I, th-
2: I think whoever's writing this says, to the best of my knowledge, there are no air... Irish traditional folk bands although he says he's pretty Mm. good on the Irland Pipes himself
0: (laughs) I'm I'm going to Finland to to participate (laughs) well my folks thank you for a great review of the papers
1: Uh, Ken Murphy former director general of the Law Society Valerie Cox journalist and author thank you so much for a great review of the papers Down to Business
0: with Bobby Kerr brought to you by Bank of Ireland Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.